Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, a podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. I'm Debbie Siegler, the host of the podcast. Dr. Rippy Singh is a purposeful innovation coach with a lifetime of learning in technology, people, and process development. It all started with an aging airplane program in 1992 as a postdoctoral fellow at the Georgia Institute of Technology. Decades of his research on fatigue and fracture, damage tolerance, and human factors in non-destructive evaluation is well published and frequently referred to. Dr. Singh is now working hard to bring industry 4.0 perspective and innovation processes to the NDE community and the local startup ecosystem with his virtual coaching lectures and articles. He serves on various university advisory boards, the U.S. delegation to ISO 56000 on innovation management, and the International Association of Innovation Professionals. Dr. Singh is an author of 10 books, more than 100 peer-reviewed publications, and dozens of invited keynote lectures. Johannes Verana is an entrepreneur, physicist, consultant, author, speaker, and trainer with over 15 years of experience in non-destructive evaluation and 20 plus years in data science. His work ranges from applied ultrasonic testing to quantum optics, from quality assurance to science and large-scale industries to startups. Dr. Verana earned his PhD in thermography and is the former chairman of the Siemens NDE Council. He has overseen the implementation of ultrasonic computed tomography into serial production and is the co-author of the book, The World of NDE 4.0, Let the Journey Begin. Dr. Verana leads multiple groups in national and international societies, mainly regarding NDE 4.0, digital transformation, and automated testing. He is a well-published editor of the Journal of NDE, editor-in-chief of the handbook NDE 4.0, and received multiple awards. All right. Well, thank you both for joining me at Chat NDT with ASNT. We're going to talk about your book, The World of NDE 4.0, Let the Journey Begin. Who is the audience for this book? So we are looking at uh, the entire spectrum of the industry, all the way from the leaders, the managers, and even the inspectors. It defines the why, what, and how, covering the entire spectrum. So that's why we call it, this is where the journey begins. It's an introductory book. And it's really for everybody in the market. And everybody needs actually to, to get into NDE 4.0. For sure, researchers first, and perhaps managers also quite early, but also a our everyday inspector. He needs to get a grasp of what NDE 4.0 is about because he will need to implement NDE 4.0 in the field. So why should the reader care to read the book on NDE 4.0? Oh, there are multiple of reasons, I would think. 
Number one, what we are trying to put into the book is we are trying to kind of have a little bit a foresight of what could be the future of NDE, both in a short-term and a long-term manner. And this, this starts with yeah, using an AI to enhance your NDE capabilities, using an AI, some AR goggles to actually see what's going on while doing, for example, your ultrasonic inspection. And it goes to, yeah, what can we do with the NDD, NDE data, which we didn't do up to the moment? And this brings me to the next point, really. And that's more about our NDE businesses. If I look on the industry 4.0 market, and if I see how traditional companies who are doing the business like they did it the last 100 years are more and more getting into struggles. And therefore, NDE 4.0 is for me also something people have to be aware of, so, and which will also decide whether they will have a successful business in the future or eventually, yeah, being faded out of business over time. So what motivated you two to write this book? What was the germ of the idea and the coming together of your partnership? So, uh, you know, the subject is evolving. And when Johannes and I got into this in 2016-17, there was very little published literature. There's virtually no guidance out there, even today, how to start the journey, how to go about looking at this as an opportunity rather than a threat. How do you bring uh, the latest in digital technologies into the mainstream? Uh, with a couple of keynote lectures that uh, we gave at ASNT and uh, other places uh, in Europe, the need became very clear. And somebody had to demystify this topic, simplify it to why should people care? What does it entail? and how to go about doing it. So that's what motivated uh, Johannes and I both independently to think about the subject, to create content and bring it uh, out for the readers. And we really wanted to show the readers the possibilities which are really enabled by those emerging technologies which, are, which we find in this area of Industry 4.0. And ultimately also, the correction of the value appreciation for the field we love, NDT. Because I think that is something which happened over the last couple of decades. In the beginning, everybody was really happy that we had NDT because NDT was detecting what nobody wanted to be in his parts. But by now, in a lot of places I hear, oh, why should we do NDT? NDT just costs money and the components are good anyway. Uh, and for me, NDE 4.0 could be changing that how we appreciate the value because now we have the view into the components we provide the view into the components we deliver data out of the internal structure of the components and therefore that data can actually be used by engineering to enhance the design to enhance the production to enhance the products and therefore it helps actually to add value to the product. And by adding value to the product, this helps us that engineering will see us again 
as what we are, one of the most valuable data sources for industry 4.0, for engineering, and for quality assurance. Does it disturb you when someone says, why should we do NDT when you know all about what is discovered when you perform NDT or NDE? Yeah, in my eyes, that's a very disturbing thought because in my eyes, this is what, what we do as an NDE, NDT community. We are making sure that the quality is still there. And we know what happens if somebody stops watching. Then the quality of the product will also degrade over time. So once we st stop watching it, then at some point we will get again into products which are yeah, more dangerous. And for sure, always there can be something in those components still with the improve, improved production we have nowadays. There can still be something in those components which will eventually lead to a component which will lead to a catastrophic event. And that's something we all don't want to have. I think it disturbs me when managers tend to make a decision which is purely driven by financial metrics and they are unable to strike a balance between quality, safety and financial indicators, right? It's a, we tend to lose sight of the purpose of NDT, NDE and tend to think we exist just to make money. No, that's not true. Every engineering product is out there to provide a service and that entails continuous, reliable quality operation and certain things are necessary to make that happen. You know, it, I, I, I'm going to give you an example. At an intersection, there was an accident and the city asked, why is there no stop sign here? And the answer was, well, we, were, we had a stop sign here, but there was no accident and people were complaining about losing 10 seconds because they have to slow down, look left, right, and then go forward. So we took the sign off. Removing NDT from the system is just like that. When it exists, you don't see the value, you only see the cost. But if you take it out, you will see the negative implications. That's what bothers me when managers do not understand the value proposition of why we do inspections. One of the most interesting features of your book is the let's take a selfie section at the end of each chapter. Can you explain how that's meant to help the reader? Yeah, so the, the concept behind... Um, Let's take a selfie. Think about it. In a traditional book, you have questions at the end and you make people solve a problem. Our objective is a little different. We want people to read the chapter, digest it, and then self-assess themselves as to where they stand with respect to such and such topic. What did they learn? It's aimed at helping reader understand their own gaps without exposing themselves, you know, quietly, like, like we say, privacy of your room, figure out uh, where you stand. That's the whole idea. And the term selfie came because, you know, we are in the culture where everybody's using a cell phone to take a selfie. So that's the whole idea. Look at yourself in the mirror, in some sense, with regards to the, the topics discussed in the chapter. Yeah, this is, and I think there is also one key difference between a normal and the ebook Let's say we are talking about a normal in the ebook about ultrasonics. What you have to describe is all the basic physics, is how to operate a, a machine and so on. So you really tell somebody what, to, what he needs to know and what he has to do. 
But now talking about NDE 4.0, we are really in the beginning of this new way of thinking of this journey. And we are giving the people a lot of things in the hand. We're describing the emerging technologies. We're describing how those emerging technologies could be connected. But it's not one thing they could just read and then implement. No, it's really, they have to start a journey on their own. We just provide the guidance and the basics so that they really can start a journey. And therefore for us having a selfie was really the ideal thing to help the people to think about what have I read and how can I apply that to myself? And if, uh, if I were to add something to this is, uh, you know, in the true spirit of digital transformation or the 4.0 era that we are living in, the selfie is also available online, which means you can go create an account and take the selfie online and it'll track your progress. And maybe next year you come back and take the selfie again and you can see how much you have changed or learned or applied. So, so there is more to what's in the paper in terms of selfie. You can actually go the digital twin of the book and track your progress along the journey that you take. You talk about gender balance and the role of women in NDE 4.0. Could you elaborate on that? So in 2019, uh, British Columbia Technology Summit was running major programs on Industry 4.0. Uh, somebody picked me up from LinkedIn and invited me to talk about the uh, role of women in Industry 4.0. That was my first foray into the topic. And I, I actually, after a little bit of research, I realized and came to, came to a hypothesis that women will play an increasingly important role in the digital transformation for multiple reasons. So that research continued. Um, and when we started talking about NDE 4.0, Johannes, who also strongly believes in diversity and inclusion, he pushed me to write a little bit more on that topic. Then we got together with uh, Jill Ross and we actually also had a paper on women in NDE4 published in materials evaluation. So that thread still continues. And, and, and I strongly believe that striking a proper balance and blend of gender through the digital transformation is, is gonna be very helpful, is, is gonna be critical to the speed at which things need to change. And I just want to let our, our listeners know that Jill Ross is the editor of Materials Evaluation. In my eyes, we need everybody so that we can really be successful on this journey to NDE 4.0. And we need all the talents we have. That means men and women, that means black, white, and whatever. We need really everybody and everybody's talents. Also internationally, we need to work together. NDE 4.0 is such a vast field. We cannot do it alone. It needs to be the whole community working together. It's not anymore about, okay, my company uh, is a little bit better than the other company. No, this is NDE 4.0 is also not about giving your company an advantage. It's more about securing our industry for our future.
And that's where, why we are so passionate about it, and that's why we are working so hard on it to really get people to see our view that this really is bigger than what we have done up to the moment. What would you tell a young girl interested in the NDT, NDE industry? I think I would tell her that she has a very bright future. And I will tell her that she is going to have to somehow struggle through the perceptions of people who are in the decision-making positions at the moment. But that should not discourage her. She needs to look for peers who have lived this life. And she needs to demonstrate her strength, which she has in terms of empathy, creativity, connecting with people, the aspects which are very, very important in the 4.0 regime. I, I would say that she should join NDE because for me, NDE, NDT is one of the most valuable data sources we have for industry. And industry is currently really looking for data sources and not looking at NDT. And so, and that will change in future. In future, NDT will become what we are currently trying to explain to everybody. And therefore, I think it's a great opportunity to start working on establishing NDE as the data source number one. It's a chance, where, which you don't have in a lot of fields, because all those, if you look at AI, how many 10,000s of people are already working on AI? In my eyes, already too many. But if I look on how many people are working to establish NDE as a data source, it's not that many. So I think for a young girl, if she wants to change something to make the world better, then I think NDE would be a good place to start, especially NDE 4.0. You included a section on ethical principles of artificial intelligence for NDE 4.0 in the book. Why did you think that was necessary? Oh, um, <laughs> for me, this is really something which is critical for ethics. If you think about it, an AI is supposed to make decisions independently. And we will be getting into AIs doing decisions on how to drive your car. And if you think already, and that's the most typical field where we have a lot of ethics in AI is, if I have a collision situation, where should I steer my car? Should I steer my car towards the other car? Should I steer my car towards the woman crossing the street or towards the man uh, walking on the, on the paveway? And that's a decision the AI has to make. Now, for sure, in NDE, we're in a different situation, but I think it's still the same situation. Once an AI starts to make decisions, whether it's that part is good or not good, there needs to be some ethical considerations. So there are two aspects to ethics over here. One is related to, in general, innovation. You know, getting into the fourth revolution, there's massive transformation that's happening. And whether we use AI or not, we can still get into an ethical dilemma. Simply because when you have an opportunity to create something new and the regulations are not in place at the moment, there's a risky area where leaders take decisions 
purely governed by business incentives. So that's where anybody who is in the domain of innovation needs a primer on ethics. The second point is what Johannes brought around around AI. When machines begin to take decisions, creates a situation where machine has to now resolve conflict internally and will do so based on the programming and the data it has accumulated over a period of time. Just the last five years, the number of examples around Amazon and Google AI using algorithms to to drive certain decisions, it boggles so many people. It impacts so many careers. There are clear cases and companies have been sued for using AI that ends up creating further discrimination, further biases, not because it was intentional, but because the machines started emulating programmers' values. Machines started responding to the biases in the data. And now you have to resolve that. And if AI gets treated like a black box, it can be a real problem at the end of, well, the machine took the decision, where do we go? You know, that's why uh, now we are talking about a subject called XAI, which is explainable AI, which means when AI has done something, it should be able to explain how it arrived at a certain decision. Organizations like the DOD have issued certain principles, and I like those principles. They are about, at the end, let's still bring the accountability to a human piece, and it should be traceable. And things like that. And based on that, you know, Microsoft has created their own guidance, and other people are following that. European Union has created a guidance. In fact, in 2019, I saw Chinese creating certain principles around deployment of AI. So people are realizing that when you begin to depend upon machines making decisions, we are getting into a realm which we don't very well understand. And we need everyone, the programmers, the trainers of the AI, the people who collect the data, the people who filter the data, to be aware of the issues and concerns and make sure that we don't let machines go out of control. Yeah, and to to add on to that, I think Rippy brought up one very important point, point, and that is decision bias or output bias. Because what we do, we use certain data sets to train the AIs. And if you look into solutions like GPT-3, which is really a AI solution for human language, for creating texts, you can already see in such an AI solution that you have, because what, what happens is they use a couple of thousands of books and literature and publications and web pages to create that content. And if there is, let's say, more publication to a certain topic than to others, then that AI will also put more of that content into his answers to your requests. And now if we think about NDT, if we train the AI just to finding voids, then that AI will not find any crack. And it will consistently do that. A human inspector, if he is trained really for voids, yeah, then he also might find an, a crack, but not the AI. And so for me, that is also, that is 
a key aspect for an AI to be implemented in NDE is that we really look that we have no bias in the input data. And once we have no bias in the input data, then most likely also the results of the AI will not be biased. Some early readers say your book on NDE 4.0 is really a business book. It explains how to digitally integrate a NDE for greater efficiency and accuracy. What do you think about this interpretation? I would, uh, I would agree with that. I think the journey has to begin with business leaders making a decision to get on this train, right? We have, uh, it starts with the why, which is a leadership question. It goes through the what, which is a technical question which the practitioners will use. And it ends with how, which is again a, a guidance for the management how to go about. So, you know, I, I want to say it is for the leaders. It is for the leaders who can influence the organization. It is for the leaders who can make a decision to change the direction of their company. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I agree with Rippy, but I think it's also really worthwhile reading for an inspector. Even that we have in this book kind of a focus on more the management view, I would think it is also a help for an inspector to guide him towards what he should be looking for training to be up to date for to be the inspector of the future. So with technology changing so fast, some say that 4.0 is still evolving. Do you expect this book to be relevant for a long time? Yes, definitely. In my eyes, the if we look from a technology side of view, yes, we might get or we will get new technology added to the ones we already have. But the good part about technology is, if you think about the principles of ultrasonics, they are now still the same than what we had 30 years ago. And the same will be true for the principles of those technologies, of the emerging technologies we describe in the book. So, you know, the book begins with why. And we elaborated, I think, 15 or 17 use cases across the ecosystem of NDE. They are not going to change. The later part of the book is how, and that's related to organizational creating a roadmap, reskilling people, that's not going to change either. It's the center part where we talk about cyber physical loops, where we talk about uh, a dozen cyber technologies. That portfolio will evolve. New things will come in. But I think the way we seriously made an attempt to, to make it have a longer shelf life is to even cluster those technologies under three or four categories of data acquisition, data visualization, taking physical action. Um, so those boxes, those big bundles will also stay the same. So we do expect this, this book to have a good shelf life. Plus, of course, you know, hopefully we'll live long enough to create more additions for this. But I'm more interested in now getting people to start the journey, you know, let the journey begin. And then five years from now, we go about how do you actually accelerate on that journey? So we should be looking at that piece also going forward. And at that point, if this edition needs a revision, you know, second edition, third edition, it could still continue um, and come up with revisions based on what would it take for someone to start their journey in 2030. Hopefully they're already growing up in that and don't have to restart or do anything, but at least 
for now, we try to make it technology agnostic, method agnostic, and uh, and a shelf life of at least 10 years, I would say. Yeah, and for me, NDE 4.0, it's a revolution. And it's a path we are following and that, that path will not stop in 10 years. It will not stop in 20 years. If we think about our NDE industry and the change from what Rippy and myself like to call NDE 2.0 to 3.0, which is really the digitization of NDE. If I look into radiographic testing, I think it's still about 70% of the market which is using film. So that process <clears throat> of digitization, that third revolution is still ongoing. And a book, if we would have written a book about the third revolution, that would still be valid. It's still going on and it would still help people to get on board with the digitization process same here now we are talking about digitalization digital transformation and that will also be a process which will go on for 30 40 years so and it still will help people to find some some answers once they want to get on that train or on that bus are there any cautions against the informatization of NDE? I think to me, I would fall back to the ethics piece of it. Yes, we have to be careful with uh, we have to be careful with how much decisions we let machines take on our behalf, what data we feed to the machines. We have to be careful about data biases, data security, uh, data sovereignty. The, the topics that uh, actually Johannes can talk about this a lot more. We also have to be careful about the business models that would emerge around data. And if there is not enough ethics, how the data gets misused and used against you or how entities that you may not know will monetize your data in forms and ways that could come to either benefit them or hurt you or both. You know, the medical world started talking about HIPAA privacy long ago. Uh, today, we know when you tend to use things like Facebook and WhatsApp free of cost, then why would Facebook buy WhatsApp for $4 billion and not charge anything to its users even now after so many years? They are converting something into something. I think they are converting my data into some marketing tool for somebody somewhere. So, you know, we, we have to be careful about use and misuse and disuse of, uh, of information. And like with all the revolutions we had up to the moment, with the informatization, the digitization, digitalization, digital transformation, there will come a change in the job landscape. And for sure, people are afraid of it. And they should be a little bit afraid, but they shouldn't be so much afraid that they say, oh, this is why I don't want to do it. No, they should take it as a, a sign that we as humans, we live to change. Actually, life is change. I think people need to get onto that train and see it as a opportunity. Because for me, actually NDE 4.0 and industry 4.0 and digital transformation will actually create jobs. But 
the skill set we need will be different. So yes, I, I can see that people are afraid of all these, this digital cyber world. And yes, we need to do a lot of things correctly, like Rupi said, data security, safety, data sovereignty, who owns the data, making everything safe and secure. That is one of the key things we need to establish because otherwise we run, we might run into situations we all don't want to have. You know, the, the other aspect is over dependence on technology. I'm sorry, I don't remember my wife's phone number. I don't remember the route to so many of my friends' houses because I've become so dependent on the smartphone that I've become dumb on so many aspects. It's over dependence on technology is a problem. And as of now, at least the technology is still my servant when it when robotics and AI combine take over and they become my boss and I become dependent on those really fast moving decisions, we have to be cautious of how far we let this go. I mean, if you hear the debate between Jack Ma and Elon Musk, you know, they're both extreme viewpoints. Reality will be somewhere in between and hopefully um, certain principles, certain regulations will will maintain the human-machine coexistence in a manner which is healthy. But we, we have to be cautious of it. We have to be aware of it. We cannot stop this, but we can direct it towards a sustainable, healthy ecosystem. What are the first steps someone can take to integrate NDE 4.0 into their workflows? That's an excellent question. So we have formed an ICNDT special interest group on 4.0 and within the group, first task was, can we create a guideline so that people can build the roadmap on how to adopt NDE 4.0? And we followed the certain ISO standard to actually create a guideline and that might become a book by the end of this year, which takes you through steps around leadership, purpose, vision, strategy, roadmap, selecting technology portfolio, selecting skills required to transform your organization, taking various steps, validating the pilot programs, then scaling them up for business value. So there are certain, there are certain steps that can be taken and that document is not yet released. Uh, we are still in a draft stage being discussed so I won't go into too much detail, but the basic things are almost like you need to bring your startup mindset into it. Have a very clear purpose, have a clear direction, communicate that as a charter, go look at the business value proposition, identify the portfolio of technologies that will serve that purpose, then figure out a way to make that technology portfolio kind of cost affordable, neutral, put them in a certain sequence so that uh, the ones which need to be implemented now and today can be done in a phased approach and keep building on one after the other, which eventually takes you to a vision of a digitally transformed NDE system. I, I think a good way to get started is to actually also look at all the information which are, is already available. Um, 
for sure our book we're discussing here, but there is also a couple of special issues um, on different journals about NDE 4.0. The first one was done by materials evaluation. Um, the second one was done by the research in NDE. Um, and then there were two additional ones by the journal of NDE. And in between, we already have also a, a handbook of NDE 4.0, which is actually, I think, about a 1,300-page book. But I think there is already a lot of information out there, and you can scroll through that information and find out what's really interesting for you so that you could get started. And But I also think that there is something with NDE 4.0 which is really different than what companies used to do in the past. In the past, you had a certain development you wanted to do. Therefore, you made a development plan, you stuck to that plan, and you ended up with a new product or a new process or whatever. With NDE 4.0, that will not help you. It's We we like to describe NDE 4.0 as an ecosystem, as a journey. This is nothing you can do with your normal program management. It's something where even an experienced manager might want to bring in some external support. Somebody who could be looking at all the processes which are ongoing in a company and then really identifying the low-hanging fruits for that company, the low-hanging fruits for the journey towards NDE 4.0. And then the company can actually take over at that point and then do those low-hanging fruits, those changes which are really helping the company. Those can be done in the yeah, traditional program management way, because that can be broken down to a program. But for NDE 4.0, I would think in a lot of places, yes, first of all, start reading and get yourself into it, but then also get somebody to support you. And that's not only true for NDE 4.0, that's true for all the digital transformation. And even if we, even if we look at the large companies, in a lot of places they actually you know, they get help from out from the outside so that they can really get into those new topics i think a thing to keep in mind is and, and many people get confused about it johannes alluded to this it's a journey you know nde4 is not a project it is not a product that you can call somebody and say give me a code you know and tell me how many dollars and how many months will you take? It's not that. It's a, it's a mindset. It's a transformation. It's, a, it's the way you view NDE. It's the way how you absorb new technology, new business models, new processes to create the same value, faster, cheaper, better, or create additional value propositions. So, so one has to think of it as if just like growing up. Fortunately for us, a lot of us who are business leaders at the moment, decision makers, we have gone through the third revolution either during our childhood or early career. We know what it means. We know that computers didn't come into my life overnight. You know, none of those things happened and, and they took a few years and this one will also take a few years. So just get ready for that transformation, for that continuous, rapid 
change and take peer support benchmark continuously yeah i i like rippy's figure of growing up because what happens during growing up was is really that every couple of months what you have is kind of an aha moment that's how i like to call it a moment where you really understand something you didn't understand before yeah and if i think about your what happened during writing the book and even the time before and after how many aha moments i had during that time how many times my brain grasped something it wasn't able to grasp before and that is something you cannot do overnight that is nothing you can do just by doing a product or process development because then you will not learn those aha moments you have to give yourself also the time to do that and like growing up your parents helped you your parents helped you to steer towards those moments where you started to understand something where you started to get this a basic understanding for a certain topic and then you yourself could get into that and that's what people in my eyes people need to get really get into nde 4.0 they need a little bit like parents somebody to help them go into the right direction and then you can learn how to do it yourself what do you see as what's asnt's role in this transformation bring people together yeah it's it's a platform it's a platform which gives opportunity for people to share their learnings to share their experiences it's a platform that can that can be larger than i, I shouldn't use the term eco chamber but but a platform that can even absorb learning from other societies whether it's asme or icndt and bring it to the members of asnt with some curation so that every asnt member is not struggling in this journey by themselves you know the make it like a community so if i were to go back to go back to the example that johannes brought up it's a family that needs help from the father right asnt can be the grandfather well i want to thank you both for joining me to speak about nde 4.0 and about the world of nde 4.0 let the journey begin your book thank you for having us Thank you for listening to Chat NDT with ASNT. For more information about our organization, please visit our website at asnt.org. You can also connect with us on social media at ASNT Info on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Chat NDT with ASNT is copyrighted by the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing, ASNT, creating a safer world. <laughs>